Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome back. It's my mate bought a toaster. This week we're back in the studio because last week, Dan Thomas, we did a live version with Kerry Godleman. Oh, lovely. Where? Yeah. We did it at the Phoenix Theatre. I say theatre, it's a room below a pub. But, you know, you can, any, anywhere's a theatre, Dan. In, in a way, yeah. I mean, I thought you might have just been on location just in the street yelling out people's uh, Amazon passwords. <laughs> would be good. But, or we could do a literal version of this and actually, because Amazon are opening, or maybe they have opened a shop. Yes. So we, I could go to the shop and just go through their actual physical basket. Yeah, I, I think having listened to this show religiously, of course, it's not always pro-Amazon. No, we're not. We're not. There's no sponsorship deal. Love, trust me, I've tried. I'd, I'd <laughs> gladly go for Amazon for the dollar, big time. Um, so, comedian Dan Thomas, uh, absolutely thrilled that you're here. Thank you for joining us on my mate bought a toaster. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, you are. This is. I, I am. I mean, it's very rare that I'm on a podcast that I've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Thomas, what I'm going to do? I'm going to go right back to your first ever order. Let me on... just say it straight away. This is going to be the most boring one you've ever done of these. Can I just say? Can I just say to you that everyone who does this podcast. Opens up the batting, right? Jeff Lloyd sat there yeah. and went, oh, this is going to be very boring. Straight off the bat, we were into some random uh, load of karaoke kit that he bought. Like, it, you think you're boring, Dan, when you look at your purchase history. You're not. We're going to discover the real Dan Thomas. And you're, about to look, <laughs> you're about to look into a, a, a um, consumer mirror, Dan. You're going to find out what kind of consumer you are. As we head back to 2002, and the first thing you bought on the 10th of April, <laughs> all girls summer fun band. Yeah, I was you familiar with them? No. They are. Uh, they only had the one album, as far as I can tell. They, okay. I read a review of them in the probably the Guardian, and they said they seem like an upbeat pop band. Yeah. And also, I wasn't like into music, and I thought, well, this is something that no one will have heard of, and that's really what I'm looking for. Yeah, that is right. It's just I wanted to be obscure. Yeah, it's less the tune; it's I, more the obscurity that you're after. I can't remember. It. I haven't heard that in a while, that album. It's been 18 years. Oh, mate, it's been 18 years. Oh, God, numbers. Uh, you spent £14.45 on it as well. God, CDs used to cost a fuck ton, didn't they? Well, 12 99 for the CD, and then you even paid for, for the ordering, for the, for the actual wasn't an option. I'm not even sure they had uh, free I don't uh, think, shopping I back then. I don't think Prime existed then, man. No, no, I think no. we're right back. This is an archaeological dig through the, <laughs> the, the shithousery of having to pay for your stamps. I wonder how they're doing, though, that band now. They, they, seemed, they seemed fun. Well, they'll probably uh, the all girl summer fun band. I mean, we can probably do the maths on what they're going to be called now. The all woman autumn. Oh, they probably own a vet somewhere in Toronto now. I mean, it's just it's not. They, I don't think they took off. I remember, I remember the first song on it. I remember was called All Girl Summer Fun Band. Yeah, that's quite. Actually, now you've mentioned it, all the songs are popping back in my head after nearly two decades. Mm. I'm going to listen to that on the way back. It's there quite catchy. Lovely reviews here. It's like the '90s never happened. This album will bring back your floppy-fringed, haversack-wearing, Betty Blue poster on the wall past to haunt you. 
Mr. G. Ogston. <laughs> he wrote that in 2003. I, 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 I agree, I guess. I've never ever heard of the uh, all-girl summer fun band. Never heard of them, mate. No. There you go. We're all learning something already. There you yep. go. That Am is I... quite a dull first purchase. I, wish no, I was hoping not. it would have been your first purchase in 2002 was a revolver. <laughs> but... What happened next? Well, okay, nearly. Uh, New Dragon Gate Inn. Oh, that's a cracking film. Here we go. Oh, now, my God. Oh, I've forgotten all about this. That was, that had an amazing fight scene. Uh, that I'd seen a clip. That's why I bought the film because I'd seen a clip, and it's a fight scene between two women, and they keep tearing each other's clothes off. And right. because it's so well choreographed, they end up by the end of the fight in each other's clothes. It's very good. Oh, that is clever. It's very clever. They swap clothes, so this isn't some sort of erotic thing. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, fine. Because I was about to be all cynical. And, uh, was there a male director by any chance? Yes, probably was. So they. Well, they... it's a Chinese film. I don't think they let right. female directors. <laughs> um, so they. That's gee. That's a genius idea. Yeah, no, it was a cracking film. Uh, okay. Uh, very nice. That was eight, again eighteen ninety nine. You spent on that, uh, directed by Lee Hu Min. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. He um, did all the um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, on. on the buses. He directed. <laughs> <laughs> so two thousand two. I mean, you only bought three things, Dan Thomas. Where oh. were you at this point in your life? You were presumably twenty what twenty one, twenty two. Twenty two, and yeah. I would have been just. Uh, I was in university. I was. Uh, Where were you at uni? I was in. I was in Swansea Uni. <laughs> so someone born and bred in South Wales, you really took the leap. There, when you went to Swansea. Uh, do you know what? I saw, I saw other people who'd come there and they were just like, oh, let's... Um, they would just spend a fortune on rent. I was like, I'm going to stay with my mother and mm. I'm going to spend my money on Chinese erotica. <laughs> yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Uh, so that was your that was a, that was a fairly good decision. You decided not to go in. You didn't want to live in halls. You didn't want to. I, I lived in halls briefly, and it was a living nightmare. Yeah. And I remember turning into it. I thought I'm going to be the interesting one in halls. Mm. So I unfortunately I that's what everyone thinks in halls, isn't it? They yeah. And the, uh, the thing, and I thought every, uh, I, I thought I was going to be the next Hunter S. Thompson when I finished university. So mm. I used to just walk around in a dressing gown playing golf on the landing. <laughs> <laughs> and chain smoking, and uh, they just thought I was a freak. So that's yeah. something. So did you carry on doing that, living back at home with your mum? Then did you uh, continue that? Uh, no, <laughs> no, because she, she she's like, "What are you doing? I'm playing. You know what? I'm not doing anything sensible." <laughs> so thanks for asking. Uh, so what degree were you doing at, at Swansea Uni? There oh, we go. I, I did I did American studies. You did American studies. Listen, there's there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for this. All right. It seemed easy. Yeah. That is the end of the explanation. Okay. <laughs> and I was good at, what it was, was I was going out with an American girl the year before, and I, in the third year of the degree, you get to go and stay in America, and I thought, well, I'm going to go and stay with my girlfriend for a year. It's oh. going to be wonderful. So I uh, obviously signed up, got accepted onto the course, and broke up with her almost instantaneously. <laughs> and then I was stuck. I, in the end, I didn't end up doing the, the, the gap year where you go away. I just did the whole thing in three years and got the fuck out. Right, so the legacy of the American girl. So you ended up, so, so just, just go on the journey of your university experience. At the beginning of this, you were doing a uh, degree course which was going to be a passport to going and living with your American girlfriend in America. Yeah. By the end of it, you were living with your mum in Swansea. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's 2002. Let's move on there, shall we? <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah. Where we're going, we'll be showing that we yeah, listen to toes Cause these lovely yeah. ass people gonna, gonna talk, talk to, to the hoes He's gonna ask a couple uh, questions What the buy in the most Cause one man got goddamn just like a piece of toast December 2004, uh, you bought, and again, this you can tell you, you've done film studies, and you can tell you're very into movies. I and am that a nerd, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, 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 no, this is proper, proper sort of stuff. Uh, the Brave Little Toaster you bought. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? About a month ago, I looked through my, I, I was curious to see what I had bought, and I, re- I have no recollection of buying the Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> I think I got hacked. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Don't, you cannot play the hacked card. Who would I have bought that for? 
Well, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. You bought, you bought the brave. <laughs> it's around Christmas time. Oh, it's, so. oh, okay. Maybe it was for my. Oh, it might be for my uh, my sister. She would have been about twelve at the time. All right, maybe she. Yeah, was, maybe that then. The, the brave. What's it called again? The brave little. <gasps> oh, oh my god! My Oh, that's, there we are. We're done. That was great. I mean, is there some sort of uh, The Brave Little Toaster song? Or, I don't know. Maybe are you Googling it? it? I have never seen The Brave Little Bastard Toaster. <laughs> Brave Little Bastard Toaster. <laughs> um, very nice indeed. All right, so that was 2003. Look, we're going to leap on ahead a bit now because you just go you go dark in 2004 and five. There's nothing. You buy really? nothing. Yeah, that's okay. I was flat broke. Oh, that's when a comedy. That's when I started doing comedy. I couldn't afford nothing. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Also, I didn't, sense. I didn't even have internet connection in my flat for 2005. God. Or if, you you know, we didn't have smartphones or anything. Can you imagine now going somewhere with no internet connection? I mean, I, if, if the internet goes down, like my wife will go downstairs and the kids will start streaming uh, cartoons into their eyes from about five to six every morning. And I'll be honest, sometimes my wife goes down before me, you know, and I will still be asleep. And if the internet's down, I am woken up like that. Get out of bed, the streaming's stopping, can't get... If electricity's <laughs> down... Do you know what I mean? Or if there's no gas, or if the fridge is broken, that's not as, uh, that's no. no urgency at all. But if the internet is down, then it's like the house is on fire. It, I mean, it has been like that until very recently. My kids, eight and five, have discovered Kaplunk. They are fine. They don't even need the internet anymore. They're also pissing about my banjo. Do you feel like you're a much better parent when they play board games? Do you feel like you're doing? Because I've played Cluedo with my son. And I feel very much like I am. 1950s parenting, smashing it out of the park right now. Not that, but what, I'll, I'll read books to them now, and I've stopped. I won't read their kids' books to them anymore, so I've started reading what I think are appropriate books. Hunter S. Thompson? Oh. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I do kind of want to get into that sort of thing. That'll be lovely. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, 2006. Uh, what have we got here? This is good. Oh, God. <laughs> this, is fucking, oh, this is fucking weird. Uh, November 2006, you have bought Lighted Pocket Tetris. That is a gift. My mother has only ever played one game in her entire life, and she became obsessed. This is, she quit smoking and started playing Tetris. Oh. So I went through a bunch of these. You used to be able to just buy them in Toys R Us for like a fiver. And if one broke and she didn't feel like leaving the house, I would send one to her. Do you know how much it costs now? 50, uh, 54 quid. 54 quid? Yeah. Well, she knackered it, so yeah. I'm not selling that on. So this looks like, if you're not familiar with the lighted pocket Tetris, it looks like a little sort of uh, makeup compact. It, yes, and you'd you'd flip it open, and then there's loads of buttons, and then the digital the dot matrix screen is about the size of my thumbnail. Yeah, it is tiny, and you're playing <laughs> you're playing Tetris on it, which is and even then, elderly game. woman with thick glasses is trying to play Tetris on it. And, but the question was, even with lighted pocket Tetris, was it going? I don't think she ever turned it on because oh. she would she would have been playing it while watching, you know. John Craven's Country Fight or whatever. <laughs> Craven's Country Fight. Iconic, um, iconic uh, theme tune there for Tetris. Dun, 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 it is. Didn't he bring it as a dance track in the 90s? No, uh, maybe. Did you bring it out as yeah, a dance track in the 90s? Yeah, that's what I was doing in the 90s, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's a great song. It's a great song. I'm trying to think of other iconic computer game songs. Mario Brothers. That was definitely a dance track. Did that come out as a dance track? Yeah. Did it? It was a weird time for music. They brought up the Pac-Man yeah. music as a rap in the, no, in the how mid does that, 80s. How does the Pac-Man music go? I mean, it, I, mean I can't... It's you just look it's, like you're eating things. It's, like, um, it's um, just um, the beat. Um. Right, okay. Well, that's all they needed in the 80s. Uh, all right, Lighted Pocket Tetris, um, which actually, you know, to be fair, the used version... Oh, yeah, yeah, right. So here we go. 
Lighted Pocket Tetris uh, is now on sale for £54. You bought it for £9.99. Yeah, that, and which was more than it's worth, if I may. So you mugs spending 55 quid on it, you mm. retro nerds. <laughs> You're wasting your money. So much anger towards the retro nerds. <laughs> Uh, the Mad Max trilogy, very nice. Boston Legal season one. Uh, William well, Shatner. Well, I'm, yeah, William Shatner. I'm a William Shatner fan. You'll notice at no point did I bother with season two or anything after that. I was like, I think I got the gist of this. I think um, as a, an explanation or a justification for why you bought something, I love the way you just shrugged and went, William Shatner. Oh, I bought a lot of things because William Shatner was involved in it. There's very few you actors. Wait. There's very few actors who you can just go, William Shatner, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, as, as your get out of jail, for, no matter what you've bought, He's yeah. I mean, I he's, think I think nowadays The Rock is similar. If I can watch any old shit, but if I go, yeah, The Rock, the that's Rock's, true. The yeah, Rock's yeah. In it. William Shatner, very. I mean, nobody else has said this, but very much the Canadian The Rock. <laughs> it's William Shatner Canadian. Yeah, I had no and, idea. And Jewish. See all these things you don't know about William Shatner. William Shatner is a can, Canadian and Jewish, and a musical superstar. Yeah, you'll course. get to that. I remember. I, I remember buying that. I mm. bought his album. Boston Legal, yeah. William Shatner, 2004. Um, all right, what else? Uh, Dane Cook, Retaliation. Of oh, course. fuck, that's embarrassing. Comedian Dane Cook. Well, actually, Joel Domit came on this podcast, and he had a load of Dane Cook stuff, and he was very happy to defend his Dane Cook purchases, no, but I you're just going to... I can't. can't <laughs> it's hey, garbage. You can't play the William Shatner uh, card there, the Joker <laughs> card. It's a shame he hasn't appeared in more shit. So, you know I mean? If there's a re-release of the Pac-Man uh, CD that you've bought, you can just go, yeah, William Shatner's in there. Yeah, William, William Shatner pops up. Yeah, he's so, the ghost. All of them. Um, all right, very nice. Uh, also, a bit of Fry and Laurie series three. That is very good. Oh yes, yeah. I bought all of them. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that was just classic, and I hadn't seen them. That was that. That was the first comedy, grown-up comedy show I was allowed to watch when I was a kid. Brilliant, absolutely. That in Victoria Wood. Yes, so good. Um, also, Fry and Laurie. When uh, when I was at school, we they they published uh, all their sketches. Uh, in the form of a book. You remember them. <laughs> and um, uh, me and my best mate, Ed Barlow. You know Ed Barlow. Ed Barlow, yeah, yeah. Eddie B. Uh, we did about, uh, I don't know, about 45 minutes worth of their sketches at school and performed it as, our, as if it was our own show. And, and no a, one... a lot of people, specifically girls from the nearby girls' school, came to see it and thought we were actual bona fide comedy geniuses. And we didn't correct them. <laughs> we let them did go. none of the teachers go, we listen, them... you thieving little fucks. This we, is not your material. We we didn't tell the teachers either. I think the teachers ignored our uh, self indulgence because it wasn't Shakespeare. And I went to a school where basically you did Shakespeare in the, on the stage, and that was it. But you were in Monmouth. These yeah. were teachers in Monmouthshire. Which teachers in they, Monmouthshire. They would have probably gone to school with Fry and Laurie. Uh, <laughs> quite possibly, quite possibly. But they didn't recognise the, the sketches. I loved doing them as well. They which ones so did you do? Fun. Do you remember? Oh, that's a great question. Oh God, the man who retained his chair. Do you remember that one? Is anally retentive? That was a good one. Um, and oh, what else? I can't remember. I can't remember, Dan. Oh, funny, I can even remember the anally retentive sketch. <laughs> I also remember weirdly at the end of the show, which was called These Charming Men. <laughs> um, at the end of the show, I did um, the speech from the end of With Nell and I, which is possibly better known as the speech from Hamlet, to be fair. Um, <laughs> where... Classically trained Tom Price there. <laughs> I think it's the one from With Nell. I have of late, but wherefore I know not. I decided to do that at the end in a moment of. Um, I mean, you know, really, almost all but masturbating on stage. Let me, uh, quick, just out of curiosity, mm. did this showcase of yours yeah. get you any ass? <laughs> Apart from my own? No. no. 
my own ass was all, always <laughs> available to me, but no, it did not. It didn't get me uh, very far at all. It's fine. I left the town shortly after. Um, all right, at, at their request. At their request. Yeah, please go. Uh, 2007, a great year for Dan Thomas. We're up and running with the gigs at this point, right? Yes. Yeah, by then, yeah, I was two years in to open mic in. Yeah. Open mic. You got the Gun Seller by Hugh Laurie. A very oh, underrated book. Though. That's a fantastic book. It's got a friend of mine who's a novelist says that it has the finest first line in English literature, which is "Imagine you have to break someone's arm." Yes. Which is just bang. You're straight in. That is good. That is good. He's a genius, Hugh Laurie, but very, quite famously, and I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast and he's offended by this. Quite a cantankerous man, I think. He's also certainly quite grumpy. I think he's known for being probably like you and I. To well, he's got depression. Quite... Have you ever heard him talking oh, about? No, now I feel bad. Like I've, I've... no, but he, he. Thing is, he, have you heard the story of how he discovered he had depression, like <laughs> no. clinical depression? Right. Somebody had bought him like a an, as a, a voucher for a destruction derby day where you're in the car getting smashed up by other cars, mm. and he had the realization while he was in the car while all these things are blowing up around him that he was bored, and he thought I might need to see a doctor. Oh wow! Uh, what a way to find out. That is brilliant. That does make me want to, that again, that makes me reflect on my own life. Let's go and do Destruction Derby. Oh. That's a podcast. <laughs> I feel a bit like that when I'm in soft play with the children and I'm bored. But then that's reasonable to be bored in a soft play, isn't it? How old are your kids now? Um, they are seven and four. But do you know what I mean? Like in the soft play, in the, in the, in the, the thick days, of it, yeah. in the sort of, in the war element when you actually have to go in and, and fight with them and stuff. And you think, oh my God, this is, this is the prime of my young kid's life and we're having so much fun. And I'm just like, oh. I, uh, you, you might be going to the wrong soft play then. Go to a hard play. I mean, just <laughs> something with a bit of jeopardy. <laughs> hard play. Uh, we go skiing. That's cold play, right, guys? Um, okay, so that's 2007. Uh, a bit of Hugh Laurie there. Um, we've got a bit of, what else have we got here? Stainless Steel Visions by oh. Harry Harrison. What's this, please? That is a book of short uh, science fiction stories. I'm a bit of a, I do like science fiction. I go through phases. But that one has... Um, that was a book uh, that I had picked up somewhere when I was a kid, so I bought a replacement for it. There was a there's a short story in it called The Streets of Ashkelon, right. which is was the f I read that as a kid and I went, oh, I'm not a Christian at all. Right. So when I was a kid, I thought I was quite religious. And then the story is this guy, this priest lands on an alien planet, and he tries to teach Christianity to the aliens, yeah. and the aliens misinterpret what he's taught them and end up crucifying him. <laughs> And I, and I remember reading it going, yeah, easy done. See, that's why religion is dangerous. So that actually, there's a book that I bought specifically for that short story. Um, made me go as like 12-year-old going, yeah, this isn't all right. So so uh, what form did your thinking you were religious take then? Did you, did you you Were your parents religious? Um, no, but I, I don't know what it was like for you, but I think when we were growing up in the 80s, kind of ch church on a Sunday was just kind of part of the what you did. Mm. Um, and I used to go to Sunday school and like that. And, yeah. And I... I did begin to question it. I remember the first <laughs> brick being knocked out of the wall of my unquestioning faith was when my grandmother, who had a, a dementia at the time, she went to, didn't realise I was eight or whatever it was yeah. and thought I was 20. And he went, what are you talking about? Santa Claus doesn't exist. What are you talking about? And as soon as that happened, I was like, well, if Santa Claus doesn't exist, yeah, like everything came crashing down then. Yeah. And then over the next few years, I started. I hope it doesn't flip reverse for my child because my child thoroughly... Uh, is a, is, he's seven years old and he's a big atheist. He's very au fait and comfortable with the idea that yeah. there is no afterlife, right? Yeah. But he's a massive fan of Santa. So my worry is that when he finds out that Santa doesn't exist, is he then going to just flip? Oh, hello, just hit the microphone with my flipping. <laughs> That's me flipping. That's my finger flipping. Do you know what I mean? Is he then going to flip and go, well, if they lied to me about Santa, maybe they lied to me about there being no afterlife and then he's going to be a massive Christian. Oh, God, maybe I hope not. Is. So wait, so you've told them there's nothing after death? 
you sat him down and said the truth. Yeah. When you died, there's nothing. Yeah, okay. but in a, I wouldn't night, say. Night. Oh, hang on. You, yeah. <laughs> what you said, you sat him down. It wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. oh, can you come inside? No, put the football away. Yeah, send the brave little toaster off. Yeah, yeah. It's time to talk about the futility of existence. Um, no, I haven't done it like that. But he's asked me questions, and I've said, and we've been very, we've been very strict on this, uh, my wife and I, because we are both, uh, we do not have faith, but we've both said, if he wants to go for it and believe in it, that's absolutely fine. But we said, this is what we believe. We believe there is no God, and we believe there is no afterlife. But that's fine. That means we enjoy our lives, and we enjoy our time, and we live in the moment, and these sorts of things, you know. And he's he's big up on that. He likes that. He likes yeah. that stuff. I think mine are fine with it as well. Yeah, but my worry is he's going to go. They fucking lied to me about Santa. That means they must have lied to me about there being no afterlife. Yeah, you made it, you did it the wrong way around. You, know, you should have told him it was Jesus, and then let just watch, let, watch the realization in his eyes. And he goes, "Oh, there's nothing." <laughs> well, that's the worst thing because that I was like you, I, a slightly benign faith. I say benign. I, I prayed. I did. Pray, I prayed every night. When? When you, when you were little? Yeah, no, up until the age of about 21, 22. Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. Yeah, I've yeah, known yeah, you yeah. a while now. Well, this is kind of blowing my mind. No one gave me the sci-fi books to uh, wangle <laughs> my way out of it. No, I really believed in God. And then um, I, I, you know. Are, are you from a religious uh, Very passive Church of England. Right. Sort yeah, of, you, know, yeah, yeah. you know, completely uh, sort of background um, uh, image to my life, and also the school I went to as well, Monmouth School. It was very much chapel once ah, a week. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, quite a good, quite a good RE teacher who really, Mr. Hensher, brilliant guy. He was an actor actually. Ended up being an RE teacher, and he really made me believe in God. And then that sort of faded as I got older. And then I read the complete cliche. I read the God Delusion, and there was that first moment in the God Delusion. Um, I mean, it's not quite as good as you have to break someone's arm <laughs> but the first uh, thought that it throws into your brain is well if God exists who made God and then you're like oh uh, yeah yeah and then and that's the beginning of it and it, it crumbled very quickly and my life has been substantially happier since I no longer believe this is God. what I don't get I, I didn't know we were going to be getting into uh, oh this podcast topics, could go but, anywhere done um, anyway <laughs> but it, it, I, it, I don't understand how because there's always that one thread for everyone I yeah. think if you have faith and then you lose it, there's always that tiny little thing that makes you, it pulls everything down. Yeah. And for me, it was Santa Claus and then other stuff. Yeah. And then, and then but you had a much bigger question. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who made God? Um, but, you know, and I've got, no, I don't mind people who do believe. And I still like, I went to Evensong the other night. I went to Evensong in, in, I was in Cambridge for the day. I went along to Evensong. It's beautiful. And, and, and Kings in Cambridge. It's like gorgeous surrounding. The sound is fantastic. And the, this this uh, choir of distressingly young children, I'm not going to lie to you, mm. they were too young to be um, shoveled into that church. But they are singing this, oh, my God. God, the sound and it's beautiful, but the words they're singing and yeah. the ungodly will be smitten, <laughs> smited, well, not smitten, smitten. Not smitten. <laughs> they might also be smitten. The ungodly will be smited, and you know the ungodly are they're going to all burn in hell. And you're like, oh, the words, shame about the words. Yeah, there you are. Um, all right, so we've done faith. Pick that box. right. Okay, let's get back to the story of Dan gender Thomas. politics next. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hello you. My name's Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us every day. We do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives. So they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, Dave, were you yawning at the start of that sentence then? Was it just a little yawn? Yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl isolation podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Ruler Threes, your Brian Rogers, your Musicals, your Bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting because, let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin F-E-A-3709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, 2010. We're going to jump into 2010. Um, this is good. <laughs> Oh, this was the era when Pro was a comic, so let's see if I'm broke again. Uh, July 2010, Unmasked, an erotic novel of the Phantom of the Opera by Colette Gale. Yeah, uh, I bought that for you, remember? <laughs> don't, again, don't, don't give me your that, William Shatner shrug, where, mate. Uh, I'm going to guess that was around Valentine's Day. A roman- No, it's in August. A romantic thriller set against really? the backdrop of the great Paris Opera House has given an erotic twist as Christine Daae, a beautiful young singer, finds passionate arousal, forbidden desire, and musical inspiration in the arms of the mysterious dark man who haunts the catacombs beneath the theatre. Original. Yeah, um... Bought that for wanking. <laughs> that was that, the I, first <laughs> My God, <laughs> terrible! I've got a review here from Leechy. This book took Leachy. over. Yeah, one star. This book took over a month to arrive, and after all that, it was sorely disappointed. It was sorely disappointed. <laughs> it was sorely. The book arrived and looked around Leechy's apartment and went, "This is bullshit." Um, it totally degrades all the characters, changes the story, and uses infantile language. Mondiel was so glad when when it was over. Um, horrible, smutty, and badly written books. Stay away. Absolutely terrible book. If you're looking for a good phantom-based book, look for Susan Key's Phantom or The Return of the Phantom or Paisley Swan Stewart's book. But stay away from this book. The storyline is terrible. The characters are unlikable. Even Eric is only remotely likable, and I usually love Eric. The sex scenes are badly written and degrading to women. Nothing sexy about them. I read the book to the end, and I was relieved when it was done. When you, you were relieved. I mean, that sounds like the review. At the end, I was relieved. What do you want from the fucking dirty book? That's what I wanted. For. I wanted relief. Gordon Bennett, you're wanking to Andrew Lloyd Webber. What do you want is the best situation here? Why did you buy this? I mean, it was just... It was a gift. It's lovely. To yourself, from yourself. Yeah. Um, okay, what else have we got here in 2010? Oh, a bit of pink. From the Phantom pink. of the Opera to a bit of pink. So what? The, the pink single. I think you've bought a pink single for 59p. What? I mean... So what? I'm still a rock star. That one. Click on that. Has it arrived yet? Because I have no recollection. <laughs> yeah, it has. It's arrived in the form of Spotify. I'm wondering if that would have been something... It might have been something to make a... Because like, I'm not into fun music particularly. Nothing says Dan Thomas to me more <laughs> than this track. I bet... I bet I bought that uh, for... Because we had a comedy club in Cardiff called Drones. It's still there. Yes, and uh, I wonder if I bought that to put on the like the fun upbeat. It's uh, it's, it's okay. a fun comedy show as you're walking in thing. Oh, well, hang on, because you would have to like make mixtapes back then. They weren't like fucking. But also, you can yeah no, you'd have to get genuine uh, CD singles though. But what you can also do uh, while this is 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Drones on a Friday night. Please put your phones off and welcome to the stage your compere, Dan Thomas. <laughs> there he is. <sighs> Good evening. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, what's it like, eh? I'd like to read from this book, Unmasked. <laughs> yeah. Erotic novel. You have been bought red-handed. Wow, this is a first as well, March 2000. I've got to say, Dan, this is an excellent shopping listery. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Grey's Anatomy. Wait for it. Grey's Anatomy. The video game on the Nintendo DS. Yeah, these are all gifts. <laughs> How does that work? I don't know. Never played it. Never had a DS. That would have been a gift. All right, fine. It was, uh, I, that, I mean, that sounds like... I mean, that, I love the fact Blade Runner, you can never play again, which was a fantastic game. And this one, you can probably buy for a penny now. 15 quid. 15 quid for this shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 15 quid for <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, the video game. That feels like an odd TV show to turn into a video game. Well, the Nintendo, because I do quite like games. Nintendo DS was supposed to be for everyone, so they, they, they just made all sorts of shit to try and make, like, try and make people who weren't gamers into gamers. John Craven's Country File. Yeah. On the DS. <laughs> the beat them up. You just <laughs> kick a sheep to death. I, um, but that, that would have been one that was, that's trying to get the mums playing, um, Computer games. Yeah. In the yeah, bath with a glass of wine. To be fair, to be fair to the gender stereotype going on there, uh, it's, it, that's happened a lot. Only on the train this morning, uh, a woman sat next to me and got her Nintendo uh, Switch out and yeah. sat having a little bong on the old Switch. A bong on the Switch. That's right, isn't it? That sounds like that's drug talk now. <laughs> We're showing a bong and a Switch. <sighs> oh, Mario. <laughs> um, there you are. Uh, what else have we got here? Um... Paper Chase Recipe Book, November 2010. That is, oh. yes, that I still have that. That is a folder for putting in recipes that you cut out of magazines like it's the war. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea. saving it on your phone. We have, a, we have a nice book in the kitchen that's got one recipe for scones, and then we sort of just give up on the whole endeavour. But, I mean, yeah. it's a good scone recipe. Do you, <laughs> the de desperation <laughs> towards the end of that sentence, it's a good scone recipe. Um... Uh, do you find though with with recipes? This is a, a habit that we've we've really fallen into. We've only we have basically four meals on, on a loop now in our house. Oh really? I reckon. Yeah. Are you quite adventurous? Oh food yeah, wise? yeah, yeah. I don't think I've eaten the same meal twice at all. Oh, I, I make a very nice tomato sauce, which you, is obviously quite. Are you the chef then? Do you get stuck in? You, do you do yeah, most of the cooking? Yeah, I do all the cooking. You couldn't come down to ours and do it because we we basically got to a stage where we just have the same, like I say, the same three or four things on a loop every week. And I think I feel no, like what are they? Bolognese. Lasagna. Yeah, we've gone, we've gone. We've tried to go all vegetarian and vegan recently. Or oh, have to you? Try and save the world because apparently. All right, it's a toast. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, uh, gluten free bread, of course. Um, no, we, so we do like um, vegetarian bolognese. And then we do maybe um, like a chicken casserole. I'll tell you what, I mean, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you my favorite recipe to cook, right? Mm. It makes people go, oh, this guy's not fucking around. You get tofu and you marinate it in apple juice, chili, soy sauce, garlic. Uh, and something else that I can't remember now, but you marinate that for like two hours. Then yeah. you put you cook it in corn flour and black and white sesame seeds. Shit off. Seeds. Pan fry that. Oh fuck off. And then you have it with noodles oh, and tits. some greens, and then you pour the marinade over it, and it's bloody delicious. You absolute fucking slut. <laughs> that was delightful. So take me through that again. I, I'm, I want my listeners because so be I love the idea that my listeners are listening to this podcast, and you know they're getting enough of the random free associating bullshit. Now they're getting something solid. They you can, can use this. To. You can use it. So yeah, I mean, I make it with tofu, but you got, I guess you can use it with chicken. So you get like a block of firm tofu. I love a firm tofu. Uh, to, to, do you get when you get him. your tofu from the market? Do you squeeze it? 
Do you know what I mean? You know when you this is a real, from the market. You know, I'm joking. From the Londis. You know when you um. You know when you if you're in the like a French market and you see the Brits squeezing all the vegetables for ages. The block of tofu. That's not ready. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Hand it back. So you get a block of firm. Let's have a quick squeeze. Yeah. Firm tofu. Yeah. Very nice. I do it when I buy a fawn. It's like no, not that one. Everyone. Uh, so, yeah, so marinate it in apple juice. Uh, I prefer the cloudy traditional English apple juice. Of Not course. that clear. Yeah. You were in looking stuff. Non-alcoholic um, cider. Yeah. 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 Soy sauce, garlic, chili flakes. Yeah. Uh, and then you just let that, just like two hours, let it get into the tofu. Because also the other thing is you can marinate tofu. You can't really do it with meats. It's a myth. Mm. Um, and then you uh, pan fry it corn flour pan fry it with sesame street uh, seeds so it's like a lo- lovely sesame, sesame street s- not going to let that one go sorry damn it um, that's the end of my time in broadcasting <laughs> um, uh, uh, black and white sesame street and then you got oh, I did it again <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> Black and white Sesame Street. So you put it at Sesame Street. The United Colours of Benetton Sesame then, Street. Yeah. Good, yeah. And then, you, and then you pan fry it and you get a lovely crunchy coating and then you put it on top of noodles with uh, like uh, the bean sprouts and uh, asparagus, something like that, and you pour the marinade over and it's very delicious. Have a dinner party, you. Dan Thomas, thank you very much indeed for that recipe. My a pleasure. Easily the best bit of the podcast Sesame so far. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to just pick a random year, 2016, uh, which was a great It's going to get nuts now, because I think I'm going to buy so many books and DVDs that I, because I had kids, and I think I was just going to be like, I'll I'll read when I retire, and I've just millions of DVDs, this will be it now. This is what happened to me as well. The kids come along, and while spending time with the kids, I would almost buy books as a treat to myself, knowing that one day I'd have time to read them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like stocking up for a rainy day. Uh, books are really important to me. Yes. Like when I, when, I moved, when I moved out of like a flat share, I couldn't sleep, because I hadn't moved my books in yet. And it wasn't until like, like a... Weeks later, when I moved the books in, I finally had a good night's sleep. I have to be around books. Is that weird? No, and I feel exactly the same way. And I, I've actually genuinely have Googled, like, is there, a, is, is there a condition for people who are too obsessed with books? And don't think this is me posturing and trying to be all clever, clever clogs. Oh, you look at me, I'm really well read. Because I don't particularly like, um, like highly literary books. I just fucking love reading. Mm. And I'm obsessed with books. And I will sometimes just go and stare at my shelves. And, and I'll pull out books I haven't read and think yeah, about yeah. My, my book reading strategy for the, for the coming months. I'm fucking obsessed with them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I feel very Every confident. year on Goodreads, I, I start a new file called Schedule. Yeah, which I think is what I'm going to read over the next year, and I've never. And I fetishize them. I really fetishize yeah, them. Yeah, I, I definitely have a book for it. How many? How many? Uh, and also, if I'm if I'm if I've gone a couple of days without having a read, I get really fucking grumpy. Yeah, no, yeah. Like noticeably. It, or if, especially if I've got a book on the go. If I'm between books, maybe it's not so bad. But if I've got a book on the go and I'm feeling like I'm neglecting it, yeah, I feel guilty. Yeah. I know. And do, do you feel bad? Because I'm always, like, I walk down in, in, first thing in the morning, and you know, the kids are watching uh, Netflix, and I'll have a book with me, and I'll try and have a little read. But then when I, as soon as I sit down in the sitting room, they're like, Daddy, let's play, let's do stuff. It's, and I'm like, no, go away, I want to read. How do these people know? Because I can sit there, like, I'll be, I'll be on my phone, like, just idly looking at crap. And they'll leave you alone. And they'll leave me alone. Yeah. As soon as I bring a book, they haven't even got, they hear the rustle of a button and go, right, I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. There's something about the act of the book. They know that they know that's going to trap you. So they want to make sure they win. They want to yeah, get possession yeah. of you before the book gets possession of you. Okay, so here's what we're going to do because we are running out of time a bit. So I'm going to rattle through a load of books, and you're going to give me some very quick reviews of the books. Waystation, Gateway Essentials, Clifford D. Simak. I'm sure that'll be great when I get around to reading it. Good news. Um, Memories with Maya. Clive. Oh, that 
that's Souza. That was a Japanese book, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was, that was, I remember that being lovely. I went through a phase of reading sort of um, quite literary uh, Japanese books. All right, okay. Nice. I can't remember the specifics because they're all quite samey, but they're all lovely. Okay, very good. Um, what else have we got here? Um, lots of DVDs as well. Oh, James S.A. Corey. Again, more ah, sci-fi. Yes. Caliban's War, book two of The Expanse. That's not bad. So that the books that this the uh, do you watch the expanse on Amazon no, but, Prime? No, but I tried to make my wife watch it the other day, but then we ended up watching Mrs. Maisel instead. Oh. Which is fine. Yeah. It but it's not fine. realistic when when she does slightly okay stand up and people laugh. And I'm yeah, like, no, I that's know. not yeah, what happens. Trust me. The wall. I did a decade of slightly okay stand up <laughs> and they don't laugh politely. <laughs> did you also you but you used to flash the audience as well, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that's that was that's kind of my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, Caliban's what so uh the expanse James S.A. Corey, any Those good? are great. Yeah, yeah, those are really good books. I've, I've, I'm behind on them because I think they're on the eighth one now, but they're cracking. The Devil's Candy, Bonfire of the Vanities, oh, goes to Hollywood. What is that? This? Right, that is the making of uh, Bonfire of the Vanities. It's a big book about the... Uh, do you know about this movie? Absolute Catastrophe. It was Tom Hanks, Melanie Griffith, Bruce uh, Willis, huge budget. Brian De Palma directed it. And it shit. <laughs> I, like famously one of the worst films ever made. And this right. is a book about how it got fucked up. It's That's, fascinating. What's amazing is the book about how fucking shit the film was cost six pounds eighty. Uh, the bonfire of the vanities. Yeah, with, yes. <laughs> not point not I one. Know. Yeah, it's That's what it's worth. <laughs> so the film was one p, uh, but the book. But there's a lesson in life about that. The, 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 do you know what I mean? The actual thing that goes wrong is worth one p, but the story of how yes. it goes wrong is is priceless. God, wait, that's a fucking, that's like a meme. That should be shared on Facebook. Well, it's much more entertaining. Uh, so we're in 2016. We're with Dan Thomas. Dan, what I'm going to do, because we are running out of time, I'm going to go to the past six months, okay? I'm going to find out a little bit oh, more about you. So God. we started off with a Dan Thomas who uh, is living at home with his mum in Swansea and then breaks out. He's on the stand-up. He's running his own gig, which is a hell of a night because it starts with a pink song. Yeah, you know, let, the, probably not anymore. And probably not Let's Get the Party Started, which is a shame because that was really the obvious one to start a comedy night with. Um, let's have a look at the last few uh, weeks. January 20... <laughs> oh, fuck, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, God. January 2020, popped culture. The social history of popcorn in America. Right. Let me explain. Yes, there's been a lot do you know of explaining. What? I get obsessed with things, right? Yes. And I wanted to do... I, I would like to do a podcast because I can see how well it's going for you. Make right? a lot of money. And I want to do one which is looking at the tiny little things of around film. And one of them was going to be, why do we eat popcorn in cinemas? Uh -huh. And instead of just Googling it, which would have taken five minutes, I thought, I'm going to buy a 200-page book about it. <laughs> and never read it. And read the one chapter that's relevant. You, uh, so so is, there a sort of, is there a precise reason for why we do have popcorn in cinemas? Uh, uh, well, it started in World War II because there was a, the, uh, they wanted something to eat in cinemas, but chocolate was very expensive, so popcorn was much cheaper to produce, and you only needed a small kitchen. Fine. Okay, well, good. There we are. Yeah, Again. didn't need to spend a tenner on it. No. Fine. But there's another book to go in the pile, the pile of guilt that will look at you. Have you got a big pile of books by your bedside? Yes. Yes, on the floor, under the bed, and I've built a shelf, a floating shelf above it, Yeah, which has about 30 books just on there. You're surrounding yourself with uh, these items that tell you you're never going to have time to do this. It's, it, puts a, it does put a, a... But I like having the option. Yeah. I like, you know, if, if the kids suddenly decide they want to go to boarding school, I'm like... I'm oh. going to be fine. Do you ever find yourself looking forward to retirement when you can read all these books? Yes. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, because I, but I'm only 40 years old. I'm not. I'm 39, but I'm going to be, you know, 40 in a few months. And all I do is think to myself, oh. I can't wait to be closer oh. to death. <laughs> no one will bother me then. 
<laughs> no one's going to ask me to play Harry Potter with them. Um, all right, let's have a very quick look at what's in your basket. That's what we're going to do at the end of today's My Mate Bought a Toaster. You've got four items in your basket, right? Oh. Which you have not yet bought. Christ. Our bucket list, blank lined notebook, a journal for couples to write together. What the f- Yep, I was looking. Do you know what? A, a journal for couples to write in. Original appreciation gift for newlyweds. Cute for wedding anniversary. Shower for him and her. Nice diary for groom and bride. Our bucket list. Why are you both on some sort of... No, that's a gift as well, unfortunately. For someone who's dying? Because that's what the bucket list is. Well, what, what is marriage if not a sort of death? There we are. Um, <laughs> if you can read this, bring me some chocolate. Socks, uh, yeah. If you read this, yeah, yeah. Some, some, so you bought some novelty socks. That's good. Well, I haven't yet, but I'm thinking about it. I'm not committing. <laughs> <laughs> How the not very mighty have fallen. You're window shopping some novelty socks. Yeah, yeah. This is a man who bought obscure Asian cinema right back back in the day when he wanted to be different. He wanted to be Hunter S. Thompson on his halls of residence, and now he's pondering buying novelty socks. God, this show is really yeah. profound in a well, way, isn't it? Well, it's, un- it's depressing it's if it's you It's destructive. On the right foot, if you can read this, on the left foot, bring me some chocolate. Fucking hell. But imagine what? if you lose the left socks and you just got a sock saying, if you can read this, like, <laughs> what? What does this mean? Get my insulin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. Uh, Dan Thomas, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining me on My Mate Bought a Toaster. Uh, do, you, do, you have a, I mean, do you have social media you want to send people to? Uh, I'm on... Um, uh, Line on... What on am I? Yeah, Medium Wave. I'm on, on AM. I'm on CFAX page 313. <laughs> um, uh, Dan Thomas Comedy is my Twitter. There you go. Thanks so much to the wonderful Dan Thomas. I'll be back soon with more My Mate Bought a Toaster. Uh, give us a follow at ToasterPod on Twitter. And we'll see you soon. Lots of love. Bye, bye, bye. Dan, say bye to them. They like that. Oh, bye. There you are. Get yourself some gas and air and breathe deeply. We're talking on the phone while he had his arm inside my vagina. In my head, I was saying, could you go and see if the anaesthetist is free? And what I was actually saying out loud was, help me. CD player doesn't work. I was like, I'm staring. I'm a fucking CD player. Where's my playlist? That's One Torn Every Minute with me, Beth Murray. Available now from Great Big Owl. Help me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.